Hey, I'm Stephen Webb, the host of Living Deeper Lives, the podcast that looks deeper into what it means to be human so you can overcome your suffering and start living a full life. And you're currently listening to The Screaming Chewy Show. Warning, content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. Screaming Chewy Show, your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And it starts now. You know, my biggest conspiracy regarding that is like, you know, bankers pretty much are the hierarchy of of society right now. Mm It's, it's kind of like a big crazy arcade where they like yield the coin and control how much of the coins are in circulation, get you hooked on the gift shop and playing their game. <laughs> like it really does. That's like the best way I can describe how I see things happening. Wow. And, and so, you know, it's no coincidence to me that there were an actual thing called banker hours, you know, the, one, the ones that everyone is kind of forced to live on except us creative nocturnal types who, um, defy that order completely and know what the hell they're up to because we do for real huh that's, that's very true because i am i'm a night owl always been you know it's like screw you and your banker's hours and the bankers are like it's okay you don't we don't really need those so much anymore you have a phone <laughs> enjoy <laughs> here's a distraction <laughs> i got a tally on you at all times i don't even need daylight anymore nine to five when it gets bright and when the sun bellows, that was easy for them to be able to see and monitor what we were doing. No doubt. Oh, wow. School hours, bankers hours, business hours, all the same. Very true, huh? Weekends off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I mean. And it's normal now, you know? It's been normalized for so long that, you know, it's, but it's still working. That's the baffling part is that. Um, there's almost no way out at this point. Yeah, and I think, you know, more and more people are try- starting to realize it, like, especially the news, right? Like, I, I tell people, like, you know, the news, it's, it's all scripted. I mean, yeah, there might be some truth here and there, but it's all scripted. It, the, there's only, like, four news channels that own everything, and they're owned by the government. And people are like, yeah. the news ain't fake. And I showed them this video. I think it was like Sinclair or something, but it showed different news channels from different states, right? And they were all saying the same exact shit. It would, it would show one channel saying a sentence, then the next channel says the same fucking sentence, and then on mm-hmm. and on. And they're all saying the same exact shit. The only thing they change is their, the channel name and the state. And I show that to people and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> they don't know what to you say. Know, it's, fu- it's funny because I feel like most of us as kids played the game telephone. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like the fisherman story? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they started with like different stories for me, but it's the same idea, right? Where they like say something and then by the time it gets to the end of the circle, it's like completely different. 
mm-hmm. you know, that is a really, I, I really did heed that when I was a kid thinking, damn, that's pretty damn scary. So mm-hmm. I guess I have, I guess I have to learn from myself and not listen to secondhand information because like the one who sat next to me was my best friend. Um, you know, and it wasn't her fault that by the time it got to her before it got to me, it was already screwed up. So even if you trust your own friend, it doesn't mean that her source or the 20 sources before it are accurate. So I was hearing almost like hearing a lie from my best friend who would never lie to me, save for if she had the wrong information. So I just kind of learned to be like, okay, instincts, what is your gut vibe about this? And research. research is endless you can like read um, a greek mythology book and you can go online and you can google that same thing and have completely different stories very true you know and the news is no different and even the things that like you know the mesopotamian clay tablets and aztecs and um the egyptians their words were like scribed into stone making them you know more concrete (laughs) for real um Mm -hmm. can you just copy and paste it (laughs) But like, who was, who was delegating them to write? You know what I mean? You have to think that there's like an author-led bias and that author-led bias could have gone through 20 sources of information before they decided to imprint it on paper, tablets, walls, whichever. It doesn't make it true. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, for sure. And then they were big on stories back then. You know, there was no television. Mhm. Mhm. I think the best thing you can do is think like the philosophy, you know, and and trust that the most. Yeah, I always love philosophy, and I mean, I, I don't know how you feel about religion, but that telephone thing, like, I kind of see religion like in that way too. You know what I mean? Like, yes, like, I'm I'm actually I'm an eclectic spiritualist, so um, I couldn't get monogamous to one religion, and my family's Catholic, like super mm-hmm. super catholic and i got in a lot of trouble in church for questioning too many things so wow that's crazy so i'm in the same exact way you know my parents are mexican you know old school catholic and they always try like i'd go to catholic church and growing up and stuff but i would always ask them questions and they could never answer and you know so all the time when they can't answer they'll just be like well you just have to believe you have to have faith and i'm like well that's not good enough like, <laughs> <laughs> and you got in trouble for that part right yeah because you know they're like no don't question it and i'm like why <laughs> like, you sound kind of suspicious to me man <laughs> yeah like i might sound like an asshole but i'm just being honest you know they're like don't question your religion just believe and i'm like well why <laughs> why do i have to <laughs> you you've got science that tells you to question everything exactly. and religion tells you know, and I'm just like, I don't know, that seems a little more right to me. <laughs> like, yeah, like if God gave, like, I do believe in God, I just don't believe in religion. And I'm right. like, I tell people, like, why would he make us with a crazy brain that, like, wants to understand and question everything, but we can't question your religion? Nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, there's no such thing as a, as a prophet or a philosopher who wasn't curious you know, so like to have to have an accepting prophet, just like Christianity is a great example. I think the like personification of Jesus is awesome. I mean, like I would totally hang out with someone exactly like him if I could. 
Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, and but I feel that way about a lot of mythology. I like Buddha. I, what I would do to be in a room with Buddha, that would be great. <laughs> so, <Happy> fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> the happy one, the medic, there's so many different versions of him, and I like all of them too. But I think the funny thing is, is like there's something good to be found in each of them, which is why I couldn't commit to one of them. And by doing that, I found continuity in almost all of them. You know what well, I mean? At, fir at first, I'm like, I'm going to accept all of you guys because my own religion doesn't accept my questions and I accept it. <laughs> so that's smart. And then I just started, you know, tapping into a whole bunch of them. And I'm like, wow, these are all pretty cool. Like what the heck, why are these um, religions fighting with each other? And then I learned about bureaucracy and the big, you know, divide that comes in the form of religion, race, gender. Um, mm -hmm. political else to argue about. <laughs> yeah, I know you're right. Um, and you don't have to either. That's the funny part is you don't have to get angry with someone for having like a different belief. The best thing you can do is try to understand them so that you can learn something from them and they can learn something from you. I like that. I like the way you think. Thank you. I think the problem is people get offended too easily because when I tell them I don't believe in religion right away, they're like, oh, so you don't believe in God? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I do. I just don't believe in religion. And they're like, well, how could you believe in God and not in religion? And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, it's going to take some explaining. You know <laughs> I, you know what I do? I'm like, I am spiritual, but not religious. Yeah, and they, they almost think you're crazy, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, in like 1792, you might get killed for it in Salem. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's like, I love visiting Salem because it, it's like two hours from me because it's kind of like the Berlin Wall and Salem. They both show you like how terrible those types of things can be like bureaucracy leaking into faith that people are willing to do horrible things to each other in the name of quote-unquote religion you know like you have even like I, I love history i take history with a grain of salt and i really load it up on philosophy so that i can get any integrity out of the potential prospect i'm being lied to but like with like Catholics and Protestants is a really good example. Like hundreds of years of fighting each other over the same ascended master. Mm -hmm. or Popularity or contest. Yes. And people doing things that in that type of religion would be considered completely blasphemous. Right? Like and the Crusades, then, when they would kill people if you didn't believe? Like, uh, what? <laughs> right. The Inquisition and the witch hunts and, and those types of things are like great examples. And when you, when you look at them in their face in like 2020, like if you go into a gift shop in Salem particularly, you'll see Christian, pagan, Hindu, and Buddhist in the same shop sitting peacefully side by side and nobody judging anybody for looking at whichever ones they want. Awesome. That's, yeah, it, it turned a horrible like 18th century thing into like something incredibly beautiful. That's how it should be. Yeah, it's a perfect example of what should really happen, like, on a grand scale, I think. Which is funny, because my homie, well, he's my roommate, too, but he's he's a Christian, and he's been involved in the church for a long time. and uh, But he knows, you know, how I am and how I feel about religion. 
and it don't offend him. He don't care because he knows how I am. You know, like if you don't know me, you'll probably think I'm an asshole for saying the things I do. But I'm really just trying to understand, you know. I think it's I just say it too bluntly sometimes, like straight to the point, you know. Well, I'll be I like, <laughs> blunt people shoot straight from their heart like a poet, you know. Yeah, like I'm like, hey man, so you know, there's all these religions and some of them are older than others, and why is yours more important than theirs? Why are you right and they're wrong? Like why? <laughs> I have a sister who after years of going back and forth over my eclectic spiritualism and her strict Christianity, I, I sat down and I, I said, the one thing we have in common is that I think love is the only truth in all of them. And so if there was anything that I did worship and I had to be like monogamous and subtle for just one thing, it would be love. Wow. That's you know, a you, you powerful love- thing right there. Well, there's Egyptian love goddesses and Greek love goddesses. You have the Mother Mary and Jesus with, like, the sacred heart. It seems to me like all religions are telling you that the way to ascend to highest consciousness is through unconditional love and acceptance. Wow. Like, they're, they, it, that seems the most right to me. Like, that's the continuity and my favorites of them. I wonder if, like, this, this is really off, but I wonder if aliens believe in that, in love. You know what I mean? I wonder if they see our religion and our beliefs, and they're like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> um, I, I wonder if aliens are ascended beings, and if they're just waiting for us to catch up to them, and the only way to transcend and to ascend is, you know, through that, that medium. Because, I mean, when I think about love, you know, there's, like, love to be found in like the darkest romance and there's love to be found you know with the passion that like drives us even if it's not just the love that like we have for like our children our friends our animals you know our parents whatever our our love for art communication all of those things it still comes from that same source even faith so to me that's the best driving force like of everything it doesn't it isn't prejudiced to dark or light. It isn't, it's completely unconditional. And when you think of everything being one conscious reality, it seems to me that's the adhesive to that reality or to the higher aspects of it. Does that make sense? Damn, you just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it does make sense though, right? Oh yeah, it does for sure. Wow. So, I mean, out of, out of all that religious scope, that's like what I the juice that I carved out of it. Yeah, and you know, like, I tell people, like, yo, man, just love and just be yourself, like, because there's so many people that live, like, miserable lives because their whole lives they did what their religion told them to do, what their parents told them to do, and they live these lives to make other people happy, and they're so fucking miserable. You know, yes. though, the, that's kind people, too, sometimes, unfortunately. Like, sometimes, oh, yeah. when, sometimes when you love someone and, you know, you, your intentions are good for them, you can also run yourself down into misery to do for them, you know, what they shouldn't sometimes be doing for themselves. <laughs> so, like, I know, you know, when you're – one of the best things in theory to do is kind of, like, lead a horse to water and let them drink. 
But if you're, if you're a person who loves someone, you'll break your back holding that horse on your back and leading it to water anyway, no matter, no matter how good in theory that other thing sounds, you know? Mm -hmm. That's very true. I've been pretty miserable, pretty miserable to, you know, in the name of doing, but you know what, if you're miserable doing what's right and you're, and by my terms of what's right is like in the name of love, then at least you don't have the guilt to go with that misery, you know, in the end, I mean. There you go. Because you're doing it for a reason, you know, not because, you know, doing it for that person or for the love, you know. Exactly. And and no matter like what happens in the end, whether you succeed or not, at least your intentions were well aimed. And if you, if it doesn't work, then it's a lesson learned too. It's mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard though. Like it's easier to talk about that than when like the emotions are happening and you're like wrapped off and getting pissed off. You know that that fight or flight mode that lasts sometimes for like fifteen minutes to like two hours, depending on. <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So what I do sometimes is just throw some heavy metal on, some Mortal Kombat, you know, fight it out. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Get it, get it out of your system, and then once it's out, you can... The only way out is through sometimes. Sometimes you just can't fake it. Go punch a wall. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that was so teenager times, too. <laughs> For real, right? I think we've all done, all done that once or twice. Maybe I have too. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I like your idea of heavy metal Mortal Kombat. That's a pretty good combo right there. Dude, it really is. If you haven't tried it, you really, <laughs> it's you know, it's it's a dark approach. Meditation could work as well and <laughs> and some other more like zen ways of going about it. I try to go that method first. I'm like, "All right, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to surmise for a little while." I'm going to try to think on this. And if I'm still pissed off after that 15 minutes, Mortal Kombat and some Slayer. <laughs> Just fucking murder somebody in digital. <laughs> <laughs> this thing isn't human or animal. <laughs> Just rip them in half. Or fucking, man, you seen how they're like, I think Johnny Cage's move when he'll like do the splits and hits you in the balls. You know how they do that x-ray vision where you can see the muscles and bones? <laughs> You see yes. like, balls pop. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the fatalities? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the fatalities need their own song altogether <laughs> on this one. It's so awesome. <laughs> Damn. I like yeah, how... I think the best... I was so sorry. I was going to say the best fatality, I think, is Katana's on this new one that just came out so far. Katana's... What does she do? It's just the way she has like this sexy latex boot, and she <laughs> she curves them with it, like she stabs right into their eye in slow motion. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> she starts off all sexy. <laughs> and that's not the beginning or the end of it. That's just my favorite part of that scene. <laughs> 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 so, um, yeah, I got a little more to come by. That's a classic. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, like, you know, or go on Grand Theft Auto and kill some hookers and wreak <laughs> havoc or something, you know, just gotta let it out. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't, I cannot steer on um, Xbox 
Grand Theft Auto. That's my biggest problem. I'm like trying to chase after a boat and shoot at the same time. I'm like, I cannot, I'm not coordinated enough for this. <laughs> yeah, especially in the Grand Theft Auto Five, how there's um, the first person view on it. Oh my god, it's it's, it's hard, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I'm not. I guess I don't play video games enough, which is part of the problem. I love them, but I just um, I feel guilty if I spend too long on them. I I get pissed off sometimes in the multiplayer because I'll be roaming roaming around. And it'll be like a fucking 13 year old kid, and he's got this <laughs> flying bike with rockets, and he keeps killing me, and I can't kill him because he's flying around. I'm like, you little asshole. Probably got your parents' credit card to buy that or something. <laughs> Get over here in real life. <laughs> <laughs> For real, right? <laughs> Have you seen the movie Game Player One? Um, yes, the VR one. Yes, that. That gives me high expectations with video games. I'm going to wait until that happens before I get completely involved. Because it seems possible. Yeah, for sure. Some of those VR games are pretty getting pretty fucking crazy now. The best best VR experience, I think, is like Universal Studios. um, where Where you're like a ride, but you're also doing like virtual reality. It's so awesome. Oh, you know, I haven't been there since I was a kid because I was born in L.A. And I remember in Universal Studios, there was a King Kong ride. And um scared the fuck out of me when I was little because you're in this little rinky-dinky, like, wooden bridge. And King Kong's right there like, Rawr! and he's, like, shaking the bridge. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to die. <laughs> yeah, I actually, um, there's some new stuff there that I've got to check out because the last time I won the coolest thing there was like the Spider-Man ride I thought whoa how was that well I thought it was amazing but that was 2005 so I'm I'm sure that there's definitely better there now it's like watching Jurassic Park back then versus like watching the new one regarding graphics and all that cool stuff I think there is a Jurassic Park ride too oh there is um and you know though there's a star wars ride there now what yep and that's the main reason i want to go man i remember there was this uh back to the future one and uh they're just you're in a room and there's this huge screen in front of you and i think you have 3d glasses and this ride um you know has a whole bunch of seats but it's like you're in the car and you're like flying around and you see the clock and you're about to hit it like so that the the your seats actually move up and down and back and forth and like yeah it was pretty fucking crazy but i can't imagine now it's probably all fucking holograms and shit now (laughs) i know i mean honestly speaking of like back to the future we didn't get the 2020 that we were hoping with like hoverboards and stuff right what the fuck happened to hoverboards man (laughs) We might be a little upset when we get there if we have, like, the same expectations <laughs> that we had with, like, the Back to the Future depiction altogether because that that seemed like a really awesome future. It did, huh? And then with that, when that guy, uh, was it Back to the Future 2 when that guy, Bub or Bud, when he became president? Oh, that. <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm like, That's, that looks familiar. Yeah, <laughs> And if a, there was an actual president like that, though, they wouldn't have looked so like advanced as they did. A president like that's like idiocracy. You know what I mean? Oh my God! Yes. 
actually, Idiocracy, I didn't realize how true that movie would, <laughs> would end up proving <laughs> to be. I swear if they start putting Gatorade and sprinklers, I'm calling it quits. <laughs> so you need water. You mean like from the toilet? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You've seen it too, then. I, I love that movie. I love when he's going to prison and there's one line going in and one line coming out. And he tells the guard, hey, man, I'm in the wrong line. I'm supposed to be coming out of prison. And the guard's like, dumbass, get in the other line. <laughs> I thought the best part was when they were in the arena and he had that little tiny car. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest scene, I thought. That yeah. machine. The vending machine was pretty funny, too. Oh, I don't remember the vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> There's a starving woman and she's at, at the machine. <laughs> and the thing like totally mocks the fact she's like poor and star. It's you have to look it up on Google or YouTube. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty sad, but I mean, at least we could laugh about it. <laughs> well, this is the closest we've ever been to that movie. I feel yeah. like this this year has definitely been like, wow. Holy Notre Dame is that movie was. <laughs> yeah, like some people, oh my God, man, like it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> like if aliens come down, I hope they don't talk to those people first. I have so many memes about that. <laughs> like so, so many memes about aliens coming down and looking at us. That's one of my favorite meme themes. Uh, fuck, I think there's there's been some like... Yeah, you're right. Like, uh, this is why aliens won't talk to us and it's somebody doing something stupid, right? Or maybe they're just eavesdropping on us for amusement right now and they're picking and choosing who they want to keep. I hope so. That'd be cool. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I watched Star Trek, at the 1964 Star Trek. Have you seen that? Holy shit. Nah. Damn, I love old. <laughs> I love old movies. Like, I'm in love with old movies. They're my favorite. But 1964, I think it was, there was a Star Trek where aliens put human beings behind glass the same way that we do at zoos. And they were, and they were analyzing us. Like, what the hell was wrong with this guy? He's primitive. He's showing primitive emotions. And I thought it was funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny as hell. What you just said reminded me of that. Somehow. Wow! I, I, just the other day on Facebook, I was seeing this. Uh, I follow this page called Unbelievable Facts, and I forgot what year, but it might have been the '60s or '70s, like in Baltimore or somewhere in, in their zoo. There was a mirror, and it was labeled the most dangerous animal in the world. <laughs> I thought that was it, pretty deep. Oh, that was very like Ripley's Believe It or Not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're just like good entertainment for the aliens, you know, like <laughs> that's what I think. You're like, look at these dumbasses, like <laughs> <laughs> they're so cute and stupid and reckless. <laughs> it's like, look, this one has a different opinion, and now they're fighting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a, a new a new meme where there's like bees that are preparing for the killer bees by taking toilet paper to their hives. <laughs> I mean, they at least must like our sense of humor. I think that we have that going for us. Hey, for real, huh? 
that's probably why they they haven't killed us off <laughs> they're like they're artistic and funny yeah i can let this go on for a little while longer <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably make cute pets you know what i mean oh i don't know i this a human being would be my last choice <laughs> right for a like, pet um, I talked to this lady. She had a, a pet monkey for 20 years, those little monkeys. And she said it was having like a little little human. <laughs> like he would understand. He couldn't speak, but he would understand everything she's saying. Or even when she got a cold, she could give, give him a cold. Like it was weird. That is actually weird. I, never, I don't know anyone who's ever owned a monkey. I think that'd be too weird because, like, if he's, like, too smart, like a human, like, you know, like, let's say you bring somebody home, like your boyfriend or girlfriend, and you're in the room getting intimate, like your dog, they probably don't give a fuck, but the monkey, he'd probably be, like, listening or trying to see you, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I had a cat that was creepy in that way once, I swear he watched every time, too. Would he just stay still and watch, or what? Yeah, he looked like he was interested, and then sometimes I think he would know that I was watching him watch me, like, and he'd look away. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't know what they're thinking anyway. You know, you've had had some friends with a lot of interesting pets, man. Pythons and monkeys. Mm -hmm. You're so lucky. Yeah, I think it's just law of attraction, you know? uh, I, I wish... I don't know. Well, I didn't know the lady personally. I did an interview interview with her. But yeah, I, I have never met somebody that had a monkey, but I think that'd be pretty interesting. I heard another story a long time ago. This coworker told me his friend got a pet monkey and he went to work and came back and he like destroyed all his CDs and like fucked up the whole living room. <laughs> there was like shit all over the walls. And then he opened the window, <laughs> ran away. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's like having a drunk uncle in your house <laughs> for real hug huh? said you had to pay to get him and then he's just gone <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry kid i had too much moonshine I'll have to get back to you. <laughs> i shit all over the walls my bad <laughs> I, sometimes i still wonder like i wonder what happened to that monkey like did somebody find him or did he live on the streets i don't know yeah, that's that's actually a really sad and good point. Way to way to ruin <laughs> ruin that happy moment. <laughs> hey, but maybe he found somebody rich and lived a happy happy life, or I don't know, found another monkey, had a little family. Well, hopefully they were in the semi tropics or tropics when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> With plenty of bananas. <laughs> yes, because otherwise monkeys don't do too well, and then wouldn't do too well up here. <laughs> I think that would be I, I mean, though, you have people doing weird stuff like that, though. Have you seen, like, Dirty Grandpa? Oh, I love Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> you know that scene? It's <laughs> like shit spraying on the walls. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> See, like, humans do do that kind of stuff, though. He, doesn't he just, like, wipe his ass and, like, just leave it there. <laughs> yeah, I think he like farts consecutively until it like gets out of control. <laughs> I, I like when uh he he's acting like uh, he's like 
I think his his junk gets stuck in a vending machine. And he pulls on it. Yes. <laughs> People are like, oh my God. <laughs> like it actually stretches. <laughs> Can you imagine how painful that would be if it were real? <laughs> and he's like, and it's like and it, that's the only thing holding him too, you know, he's like leaning back. Oh like, oh my god. And, uh, it's funny yeah. how there's that innocent little kid, you know, with the grandpa like that. <laughs> I I honestly, you know, I can't lie, I thought it was funny as hell. I really did. <laughs> it's wrong, but it's funny. It is wrong. And I and I know there's some times where comedy and it's specifically comedy too is where I get the most wrong. <laughs> you know, where I like, I sometimes lower my values because I like laughing so, so much. Right, sometimes you just gotta laugh at it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I know this is wrong, but I can't stop my, like, the worst thing ever is when people fall. Um, I have, <laughs> and, it, and it's always my friends that fall too. And I was at, and I was the only Caucasian at one of my best friend's parents, Asian parents' wedding. I'm not wedding, oh my God. I'm totally the opposite funeral. <laughs> and, and her and I were having a discussion about how we laugh out of nervousness. And it seemed like fate that one of her relatives would drunkenly stumble in front of us um, at a celebration following that funeral. And... I was like, Wendy, don't laugh. No matter what you, this is not the time to do it. <laughs> you will instantly turn into a white devil this moment if you do. And that pressure made me die laughing. It was oh horrible. And I could, <laughs> it was terrible. And I couldn't stop myself. And the whole time I was apologizing, like, please forgive me. I can't help myself. <laughs> I love them so much. And they're such great people. It was horrible. It was horrible. You are listening to The Truth Disciple, a show where logic, critical thinking, and today's current events collide. Hello everyone, it's the Coupon Queen Pin here from the CQP Moments Podcast, and you're listening to The Screaming Chewy Show. Did you get weird looks? Of course I did, and I I deserved every one of them for having no restraint, too. They're like, did did you touch some drinks before you came here or something? (laughs) Well, like, um, luckily for me, I made sure he was okay. I always make sure they're okay before I start laughing. I have that much restraint. (laughs) (laughs) That way you're not laughing and they're like dead or something. (laughs) <laughs> no, yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm not that bad, or even hurt for that matter. If they're hurt or dead, I'm not going to, I hope, God, I haven't been in that predicament. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure, because I do have that, make that conscious, that conscious effort to be like, hey, are you okay? If I get the nod, then I know the only thing not okay is I'm probably embarrassing myself and them at that moment. <laughs> like, oh, you're okay, Marie. <laughs> Yeah, I have that same habit of laughing when people fall. I think it's just a Mexican thing. 
Because, like, when we fall, it's like, dumbass. Like, you know, we say pendejo. Like, that's why you <laughs> fell, because you're a dumbass. And so, right. like, I-, I was hanging out with my buddy Sammy and, um, and his friends. He invited me to, like, a party. And I was the only Mexican. Everybody else was white. And Sammy was, like, le- leaning back on his chair, and he fell back. And immediately, I started fucking laughing. And everybody, like, rushed to him, like, oh, my God, are you okay? And then that's when I stopped laughing. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm the only one laughing. That is no less the equivalent of my situation. You know that, right? Yeah, you, you were at a funeral. That's, uh... Oh, no, no, no. I was at a celebration after. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, and of course, I was there with, like, immediate family, too. Not everyone there got to go. I was honored to be able to go. Oh, my God. So, they probably still remember you. Oh, no, they they knew me since I was seven. Thank oh, God for that. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, thank God for that, too. I know, because I have been, like, at, like, weddings and things like that with some of my long friend, long-term friends, but their parents have known me since I was a kid. And they're like, oh, that's just Wendy. She's weird. She's harmless, but she just, uh, she's weird. Just leave her alone. <laughs> we let, let her, her laugh. Anyway. <laughs> So you probably love to watch the Fail Army videos. What is that? I haven't seen those. So if you look on YouTube, look up Fail Army, and it's just a whole bunch of videos of people falling, just doing stupid shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Are they painful ones? Uh, some of them. It's not like, I don't think they like break bones. I mean, it's just. You know what? That, that'd be the perfect test to see, though, if I could still <laughs> laugh. So I'm going to try it. There you go. And they're like, you know, there's a whole bunch of different ones, like different categories, but they're all like 10 minutes long, 20 minutes long. So it'd be quite a test. You know, I have a best friend who two weeks ago was helping me carry like a five foot nine mannequin up a staircase. And it's in it's in two parts. It's kind of hard to hold it together. And the staircase is wicked steep. And he's like five foot four. He's a tiny little thing. (laughs) and he fell while he was doing that for me and he started laughing at himself and i started laughing at him he fell down the stairs not all the way not all the way down the stairs oh okay i just picture rolling down (laughs) but if even if it was all the way down if he was laughing that's still a green light to go he's all laughing as he's rolling down But that's what we do. Like, I laugh at myself when I fall. Yeah, me too. I laughed at myself for breaking my wrist trying to kick one of my friends. Ouch. You tried to kick him and fell? Well, no. I kicked him, and he caught it because it was a pretend kick. It wasn't one that was intended to, like, land. And he grabbed it. And I'm like, I'm going to kick you with my other, which would have worked at two feet above the ground where I was. But he decided to lift my leg up. And so I landed on my, <laughs> I landed on my wrist, um, and it broke. Um, and I thought it was funny as hell because right before that happened, I'm like, "Me, you're gonna pull Jackie Chan move on you," and I failed demonstrably. So, who? I, there was no way I wasn't gonna laugh in spite of like my hand beginning to swell. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing and crying at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Ow, this hurts." <laughs> But it's so damn funny, I can't stop myself. <laughs> yeah, I, sometimes when I fall or trip and I laugh, even if I'm by myself, I'll laugh and I'll be like, fucking dumbass. Like, I just... 
<laughs> right. I walk into stuff sometimes and I, I call myself a dumbass too. I'm like, are you kidding me? You already have a bruise on that knee from doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I tell people, I'm like, you know, sometimes I do talk to myself. It's not often, <laughs> but when I do, it's like, it's me saying like fucking idiot or like something, you know? <laughs> You could always answer yourself, too, if they're listening, just in case. Right? It's okay, as long as you don't argue with yourself, like the people in the streets. I was just going to say, I've seen people in the streets do that. There was a guy, like, crossing the street, and he had no shirt, and he was, like, fucking arguing, like, just walking and screaming. I'm like, what the fuck? Now, I, I love the city I'm from. I really do. But in the 70s, they let out a couple of insane asylums. And so, like, not just... <laughs> yeah, you have to look it up. The Grafton Hill Insane Asylums in Worcester. Anyway, there's already, like, an eclectic range of, like, cultures and things. And so I take my offspring there. Sometimes we'll make bags and, you know, of things that we're not using that might be useful to people and hand them to homeless people when it's cold sometimes and that's something that we just do sometimes it's you know um <clears throat> during the winter anyway my first time taking nice. her out we were <laughs> there was so there was a guy you know I'm like he you know looks like he could use some help and we we get around the corner and he's arguing with himself I'm like no we're not gonna we're not gonna stop there <laughs> we're gonna let him keep her we're gonna find someone a little safer to help today honey let's go it happened twice that day and she's like um mom is this a normal thing around here <laughs> so i mean there's there's quite a few of them walking around in my city, and I'm proud that I'm not one of them, but I definitely, you know, think out loud sometimes. <laughs> That's good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes yeah. I think we need to hear our inner monologue on the outside. Hey, did you know some people don't have an inner monologue? Oh, those lucky people. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's a recent study recently uh, – people found out that not everybody has an inner monologue. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I talk to myself all the time in my head. <laughs> you know those, like, 1940s movies where you can hear their inner monologue? Yeah! <laughs> that is precisely why I love those movies. And actually, I gave my character, my main character, an inner monologue. <laughs> oh, that's fucking awesome. Right, and she and she's kind of eccentric, so her like interpretation of things is it's kind of like being a curator for like a museum because she sees things through the lens of like an artist and an empath. But I give her that nineteen forties like inner monologue. <laughs> that's so fucking awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's what inspired it too was my love for that stuff, you know. And she was sitting at a desk across across the street, you know. Like I just love it. Um, yeah, people that don't have an inner monologue, I'm like wondering, like, how do they read? You know what I mean? Do they read out loud or I don't know? Oh, that's a really good question. And then, like, I mean, I, right? Like, how'd that work? <laughs> like, I wonder what a surmising session would be like without an inner monologue. Oh. You know, like, I can't even imagine doing that. <laughs> 
Like I tell my, people, my, I'll go ahead. I was going to say my inner monologue tells me that I can't meditate most of the time. Right or sleep? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. It is the insomnia. It's like definitely eighty percent of my insomnia. And like your body is tired, and you're like, brain, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> like <laughs> you're absolutely right. I mean, it's silent. I do everything too. Like I do binaural beats, um, rainwater. Oh, what, what, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> Nature sound, classical music, a really crappy movie, um, pretty much anything to make it tune out. But I guess what finally happens is um, once I sort through the files that I need to figure out, four o'clock in the morning, I'm ready to go to sleep because my mind's too exhausted to do it anymore. <laughs> So if I want to go to bed by two, I have to lay down by 11. That's exactly how I am too. Like no matter what shift I work, I can never go home and go right to bed. I always stay up. Uh, I always been like that. Whether it's first shift, second shift, third shift. I, I kind of envy people. They're like, yeah, I just got home and showered and went right to bed. I'm like, motherfucker. I have to stay up <laughs> like six hours. They're those ones that probably don't have the inner monologue that you were referring to earlier. Oh, shit. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I think you're onto something right there. No, I think you're onto something because you said both things. I just connected them. <laughs> Damn, connected the dots. <laughs> like, and it's like irrational thoughts sometimes. Like, like, I'll be laying down and I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. And your brain's like, hey, what if you fucked up at work today and you don't know to <laughs> get there tomorrow and your boss is like Chewie can we talk and I'm like fuck what if I did <laughs> like fucking stupid shit oh the, the worst is thinking did I close the windows in my car <laughs> are the doors locked oh do my I god really, for real do I really need to get up and check right now because I could be paranoid <laughs> or it could be undone and like you'll get to a point where you either really have to get up and check and then you have to get comfortable again. And that's the worst part, getting comfortable. <laughs> that's Well, I mean, if you're physically comfortable, you're part of the way there. You just have to wait for your mind to shut up. But then your mind will do things to get you to get up, too. Oh, uh, should you go to the bathroom right now? You drank a ton of water an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's right. When you have your days you off. The, like the munchies are the worst. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's like you're laying down your body, your your brain's like, you know, cereal sounds pretty good right now. Yes, Captain Crunch. Every time. <laughs> oh my god, that's a classic right there. Mm-hmm. I eat more Captain Crunch and Lucky Charms than most people. Man, but I mean that fucking tears up your mouth, you know, like Captain Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Crunch does, yeah. <laughs> it's like eating sandpaper, but it's so good. It, it's like eating pizza when it's hot. It has that same effect, Captain Crunch. Hey, you're right. It kind of does have that, like, numbing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> one is a little more scratchy, and the other one is I just melted the roof of your mouth. <laughs> but after they still I'm, hurt. <laughs> after I'm done eating Captain Crunch, I can still feel, like, sensation on the roof of my mouth. <laughs> scratching. You overdid it. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm fast. almost there. <laughs> I might have to switch to Cookie Crisp at one point. <laughs> Damn, I haven't had that in years. 
Well, that's what I do with cereal is I go through like phases. Um, Lucky Charms, that mean, that has maintained the longest phase. It's kind of like my Pink Floyd. It doesn't go. But oh, I love Pink Floyd. See, Pink Floyd's is my is my lucky charm. But have you ever heard someone say they don't like Pink Floyd if they have any taste in music at all, no matter what genre they like? That's a very good point, because I have heard people say that they don't like Pink Floyd, but they don't have <laughs> good taste in music. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's subjective, you know, but I'm like, I listen to almost every genre, and Pink Floyd is better than most of the music in most of them. Even his, like... um Oh, what's what's the lead singer's name? Uh, Roger Waters. Mm-hmm. He did a couple like solo things, and there's this song. It's a three-part song, and it's called "What God Wants." I fucking love that song. I haven't heard that. Yeah, it's pretty I have. Creepy. I think that everyone, when they hit a crisis point in their teenage phase, should watch The Wall. Oh my God! I had to watch like. Why well, I, I own it now, but when I first seen it, I was in high school and my buddy had a shack in his backyard and had a couch and like a TV and like we just get stoned and like play video games or watch old movies because his dad had a huge library of VHS tapes that he would record off the television. And um, so we just watched like really old movies and get stoned. And that's why I seen the, the Pink Floyd, the wall very first time. Oh, wow. I was so fucked up the first couple times that I watched it. I didn't know that the little kid and the main guy were the same person. I, I didn't know that the whole movie is his life. You Both know? times? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so I saw it the third time I saw it sober, and I'm like, oh, it's about his life. I thought you know it was just random shit. What's crazy is either way you can enjoy it, but I feel like um, even if you watch it sober, it does make you feel a little trippy. Either even if you're completely sober watching that movie, you're like, "Wow, I feel like my mind just went on an acid trip somehow." Right, like the cartoons, and then like the where the kids had no faces, and they're like, "We don't need no education." Well, when you get older, you can really appreciate like the metaphors. Like, yeah. those are some of the most beautiful metaphors. Like, I love that the wall more now as an adult. And I can't say that about a lot of stuff I watched when I was younger. Like, I remember thinking certain things were like the shit. And then I go, <laughs> like, Captain Planet, for, for instance. I told my, like, offspring, I'm like, hey, you've got to watch Captain Planet. When I was a kid, that kicked ass. She was like, mom, he has a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Huh? Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, damn, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did really watch like a lot of goofy stuff. Like I remember The Gate being like this epic horror movie. And I mean, I still think that like Nightmare on Elm Street's wonderfully creepy. Like it did, mm-hmm. it did, it was ahead of its time, I think. I think the first two were like creepy. And then after that, like he got funny. Like it was still yes. creepy, but he got funnier. Like he was yeah. saying, like, bitch. And like his one liners. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what made him so great. Right? He'd be like, Welcome to the prime time bitch. <laughs> and then like smashing the TV or something. <laughs> Let's get high. Oh yeah, with, with the needles. <laughs> yes. 
because <laughs> I'm still scanning emails because of that stupid scene. I, I seen a meme actually they had a Trump when he said like inject with the disinfectants. <laughs> And then they showed Freddie, let's get high. Like he had bleach inside the needles. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I think memes are the best thing that's actually come besides YouTube. Um, yeah. Memes are like the best 21st century gift that we have because it's kind of like quotes, but they're comedy quotes and pictures together, which is awesome. It gives you a visual stimuli and, uh, you know, something to read at the same time i mean because the memes that's the only reason i watched tiger king and now all the memes <laughs> make sense and it's hilarious <laughs> you know i'm not I, I am not letting those memes pull me into tiger king what is that what is that guy steve Irwin? is it oh yeah the crocodile hunter yeah so they have one meme about that where they're like you order i mean you order Steve Irwin on Wish and then you get him instead. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, didn't even, I haven't even seen it, but that's perfect right there. So I don't need to see it because I'm not going to make the habit of buying things on Wish anymore, particularly clothes. <laughs> the, the memes that I've seen about Steve Irwin, they're all like really fucked up ones, like dark humor. Like, mm -hmm. It'd be like a stingray or something. <laughs> I don't know how that meme started with the blonde girl pointing and then there's a cat at the other side of the table. I still, to this day, don't know what perpetuated that scene. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know what caused that? Because I still don't. I think it started on Twitter. Like, so, I think it's two different totally things, but somebody put it together. Like, they actually made the meme. But... I think they're they, just like somebody's idea. Oh, so it's not like based on a story that actually happened between the cat and the girl then? No, not at all. Like somebody put those two together. But you know yeah. what? I like the Star Wars memes because I understand all of those ones perfectly. <laughs> like the Darth Vader ones? Yeah, Baby Yoda. <laughs> Baby Yoda. You know, I still haven't seen that show. But those memes are fucking hilarious to Baby Yoda. Um, oh, my God. There was one that was really bad. Um, I don't know if you've seen a picture that went viral. And it was these two people. They, were, they did heroin. And they're passed out in their car, the driver and passenger seat. And there's a baby in the back seat crying. And somebody put, they photoshopped Baby Yoda in the back seat. Oh, my God. <laughs> You know no, how, I haven't seen that. He has that little like confused face. <laughs> well, there's there's a really funny um YouTube video with Yoda. Like it's like a voiceover. Have you seen those where they like make songs? Oh yeah, yeah. Harry. Like a remix. Yes. And there's one with Yoda singing my stick. Um, and that's funny as hell. It's definitely one of the funniest, like, Star Wars parody meme things I've seen so far. But except that, that one that you just... Yeah, I'm going to have to check out that meme, too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, these fucking guys are fucking internet, man. Leave it to the internet. <laughs> well, what are we going to do? Everyone's quarantined, so... That's true. Have, huh? Haven't you noticed, like, an increase in memes in the past three months? Oh, big time. And they're good they ones, are. too. Yeah, they are off the charts funny. It's like, ha, you know what? This ship is sinking and I'm going to laugh about it because what else can I do right now? 
Like right now, but it's all about. Joy. There you go. Right now, it's all about the murder hornets. Uh, there, was, there was one that's like, um, you know, how everything is going to shit. And it, it shows Jesus Christ. Well, I think, actually, I think it's Matthew McConaughey, but they photoshopped, and he's all skinny, and they photoshopped <laughs> him into, like, Jesus Christ, like, smoking a cigarette. And he looks all fucking nervous. And it says, uh, when Jesus watch, watches uh, the ATF agents go to my house as I fill the sprinklers with gasoline and I'm waiting wow. for some shit. <laughs> I, I think that's messed. That's really dark. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> I've seen so many, like, could 2020 get any worse? And then it's hold my beer. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> this is like, could 2020 get any worse? And then there's Godzilla. There's all, there's like so many different ones. And it's true. Like 2020 has been, I feel like it's been bad for society, but better for the planet. Yeah, for sure. Like, how, you know how like dolphins are coming back in Italy and mm -hmm. he's in Thailand and all that. So there was a meme about that. It's like the world is healing and it shows Godzilla in Japan. Like he came back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> no, but that's that's just it. It's like we are in a situation now where we have to really look at ourselves. I think doing a podcast at this time is good, you know, or TED Talks, podcasts, lectures, those types of things is something that um, there's enough television. You know, some of us are a little too stirred crazy to sit down and read books i know i've started a whole bunch of them and haven't sat down to finish any of them nice <laughs> so my book hmm? just write 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 yeah i've definitely been i always write more than i read and that's because i mean reading is only one way that you you pull in the stuff that you write sometimes a song or like a situation or even a conversation can inspire you to write it doesn't necessarily have to be just a book yeah and like i'm not a big book guy but i do read some books and um i had this guest on i had him a few times Roderick edwards and we talked about his book in one of my episodes um his book is called uh the universe of every religion and none god damn that shit blew me away <laughs> yeah there are some books that do that like I, um, <clears throat> I always have an academic book and a fiction book going side by side because I use the fiction book as like a recess <laughs> to the academic book, if that makes any sense. Smart. So yeah. Mess around. Yeah, but I don't do it all the time either because sitting down for long time intervals is not so easy. You know, um, audio books are usually great for that. But if it is a good book, it, I can sit down and not put it down until it's done. But I have to be able to commit to it. Like if I start reading a really good book, I'm like, oh man, once I get into this, I'm not going to turn back until like there's a pile of food by my bed. <laughs> and like I've only, take, I've only taken bathroom breaks. And I know myself to be that compulsive when I love a good book. So I have to really like put that book down and discipline myself until I can do a binge. Wow, you get really deep down into it, huh? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do. Damn. And rice is and rice does that to me almost every time. 
Oh, wow. What kind of books does she write? Uh, she does the vampire series. Um, <clears throat> oh, nice. Well, she does other things too, but my favorites are her vampires because she makes them so cultured. And because of, you know, how old they are and how eloquent she writes and how she's able to kind of pull you into that scene, you really do feel like you're like living vicariously through her characters. And how cool is it to be an actual vampire with you no know, high senses and have 500 years of culture? Lots it's just a good knowledge. place. Yeah, it's a great place to be if you're going to live through someone else's avatar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you can't get that from an hour and a half movie because there's so much. Like Da Vinci Code, the book versus the movie is so substantially different because of that very thing. It's like the movie's awesome. You learn a ton from that movie. Imagine how much you learn doing eight hours of that concept. Holy shit. It'd be like a Lord of the Rings kind of deal. <laughs> I haven't read Lord of the Rings, but that I bet would be like over the top. Like, like the movies themselves are like three hours. Yes. And they're awesome. Every one of them, too. Right? And, oh, wow. Uh, so um, where, where can people find your poetry, your books? Um, you got a website or social media? Yeah, I'm just leading everyone to my site right now, which is roguepoet.net. Um, and there are links to my site like social networking sites on there. Um, there's a link to my tribe and their social networking platforms too. They're all artists like me and they're all, well, not all of them, but most of them are lifelong friends. There's some fresh blood in there, but not much. And they're like an eclectic range of people. Actually, what's really cool when I talk about this a lot is there's 22 of them and there's Christian, Catholic, Pagan, Wiccan, an eclectic spiritualist, you know, atheist, agnostic, white, black, <laughs> Hispanic, um, Asian, and wow. we're all, we all get along with each other. The whole we're variety all pack. <laughs> yeah, we are, we're a variety pack. We're like the same size, but a bunch of mismatched socks, if that makes any sense. <laughs> and that's the best right there, you know. Oh, it's awesome to be in a room with like five of us at the same time. And I miss a match with people. It's kind of like shuffling a deck of cards. I, I like to have like five of us together usually. Um, two is good, but five is good one on one. Or like five of us where we don't look like we make sense, but we make perfect sense together. So yeah, that tribe's on there. And they're all wicked cool people, and they're all artists. So they all have their like creative outlets too. But yeah, um... I jumped off social networking for like seven years. Oh, wow. Um, and so I'm just crawling out of the dark and reconnecting with certain people. So it's crazy because I like, I became antisocial during a time that I had to set my life aside for some other things, selfless things, but ones I don't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. And now I'm trying to release a book and connect with everybody, and it's super overwhelming to do the two of them simultaneously. So that site works until I've caught up with all of that. Nice. Damn, you got it down. Hopefully. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah, and um, it sounds very interesting. I mean, like I said, I like the way you think. You're a very smart individual. Very oh, creative, thank too. Thanks, man. And same with you. Thanks.
And uh, yeah, it's been great talking to you. Awesome conversation. I mean, I could go on forever. <laughs> yeah, and I think we have been. My phone's about to die and I'm still <laughs> enjoying it though. So no, I had a great time. Thank you so much. Yeah, and thank you so much for being on and I'm um, looking forward to having you again, you know, and whenever you want, you're always welcome. Yeah, true. You can um, click that site too and we can link up online if you like. Awesome. Thank you. Will do. All right, brother. Well, it's nice talking to you and thank you so much for having me and, and having this awesome exchange. Yep. Awesome. Truly. Thank you for being on and um, appreciate it. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to support this podcast, you can find me at anchor.fm slash screamingchewygmail.com. There'll be three options for a monthly subscription. First one, I believe, starts at a dollar a month, yo. Yeah, dollar a month. Yeah, and if you don't want to, that's cool. You can follow me on Facebook and YouTube, Screaming Chewy Show, for some memes, some more videos for episodes, and behind-the-scenes kind of deal, right? You can follow me on Twitter, uh, Screaming Chewy. Yeah, not Screaming Chewy Show. I should probably change it. But it's just Screaming Chewy. And uh, thanks for listening. Peace.